0: It's 2727 on taking care of business on Rise FM. It's Zingis Hachira and Wandile Mazibugo. Now, the recent pandemic has forced many companies to restructure to survive. Now, this has led to a lot of people either losing their jobs or being offered a retrenchment package. Now, taking into consideration the current economic crisis and high unemployment, finding a job right now is highly unlikely. So what does one do or what do those who have been retrenched need to consider? One delay. I think mm-hmm. so for those who have decided good retrenchment package what can they do in the current yeah. climate because it's not like before two to, to three months to find another job mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's different
1: yeah I know it is different um it, it is different and I think you cite a very important um reason why it's difficult for people to find jobs currently you know our economy is contracting um our economy is shedding a lot of jobs as we speak so <clears throat> but I I, what I wanted to start saying is is, is is what is retrench- Retrenchment, in the sense that, you know, retrenchment is obviously the company cannot continue. Um, they don't see themselves being able to sustain themselves operationally, um, and for you know a lack of a better word, they're bankrupt. Okay, mm-hmm. so it basically means they can't afford to pay your salary, and um, and usually they would make then um, you know payments um, you know through three ways. You know, they give you what they would call a severance package, Mm. which is usually, you know, a week's pay uh, of each and every single year that you've worked within the company itself. Um, And then obviously, if you've got any kind of leave days as well, they'll be able to obviously pay you for those particular leave days as well. Um, And usually that amount of money is obviously, you know, not enough um, for you to be able to survive, if you had a, if you're lucky enough to work for a company, for instance, that um, had a, some kind of a, an investment plan, mm. meaning that maybe you had a, a you know, a, a, re, um, a pension fund or a provident fund, um, then again, they would have a choice whether you want to cash that out. Um, you know, so so if you decide, for instance, that you're cashing that out, um, and and if you're cashing it out with your severance pay. Um then you've got a you've got some options, but your servant's pay per se is not a lot of money, and it depends obviously on how many years you've worked for the company, so your your options are really really limited in terms of what you can do
0: um yeah, so I think you've touched on this a bit, but what is the legislation surrounding retrenchment, like what they refer to as section one eighty nine notice yeah. yeah
1: so what what the a section one eighty nine notice would be a notice that the company then would issue and say, Look, um as a company, unfortunately, we cannot afford to to keep our doors open. Yeah. Um, so as a result of that, we're going to need then to obviously cut on costs. And one of the things of, of cutting on costs is then to retrench um, you know, a few employees, um, in order to keep this company in operation. So it would start firstly with the with an op- with a consultation meeting, and um, you know between the company and 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 the employees. And obviously that consultation um, would start with them. Obviously indicating to the employees that we simply cannot afford to be able to stay open. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, the employees then would have their own inputs. Um, and then obviously based on whatever operational requirements are there, they would make the decision and say they are retrenching um, a number of people from. Um, from that particular institution. Now, where it becomes extremely difficult, yeah. Zingisa, is in a unionized environment. Mm-hmm. Where there are unions, then it obviously complicates the process. Or if the employees say, actually, we reject. <laughs> and they can. Yeah. <laughs> in some instances where they say, look, we reject your, your offer. Um Can you not look at other ways of actually saving money within the company without having to let go of the employees, and obviously the employees then would come back and say, "We think you can cut on this, you can cut on that, without actually firing the employees." So that, in a sense, can happen in a
0: situation. The unions don't complicate things, no, no, hundred percent, no, no.
1: no. <laughs> Maybe it was a yeah, no, the bad choice, bad choice of words. I, I agree, um, but as actually, what's in, the, in a process like yeah. that, then obviously the unions would fight and say, we don't feel that this is fair. Um, and even the employees, when they're not unionized as well, as in said, they can also fight. Vum mm. lendole. Uh, we feel good to see you guys are spending too much money maybe on traveling. We feel that you guys are spending a lot of money on advertising You know, maybe you can cut down on advertising And make sure that we we get our salary So it's a consultation process Like I said, Mm. Um, but once the parties Agree and obviously people then Would get um, their retrenchment letters And that legislation That um, governs That entire process is section 189
0: so obviously yes. so can one then claim from the UIF severance package
1: Yes. Yeah no definitely. Um you know in 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 fact like I said before, obviously the severance package that you get um sometimes is not you know it's not enough. Hmm. And provided also so that you apply for the for, for 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 the for that UIF payment within a six months period after you've been retrenched. Yeah. So obviously you need to then get all the requirements. Um either you can visit um the Department of Labour yourself, the They call it the Department of of, of Employment now Um, And and, and you can approach them And then obviously uh, complete those application forms There's a whole uh, process in terms of how you do that And then obviously be able then Especially if your company was paying UIF on your behalf at the time Um, I think that's important for people to understand, that the company must have been deducting UIF from you and paying it over then to the Department of Labor.
0: If a company deducted UIF, you can still claim, but i loans.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, I I think that's unscrupulous to be able to Mm. do that as a company. I think for me personally, my view is that, you know, there's an element of fraud there. Of course, of course, of course. yeah. If the company is taking money from you but not paying it over then to, um, to the department so or paying it over for UIF, I think that's, that's, that's inexcusable that a company is able to do that. But we saw this. We saw yeah. this during now, during COVID, where people were, the UIFs were being deducted, but these companies were not paying it over. And I think, again, it becomes a duty of you to report to that company to say, but these people are deducting this money and they're not paying it over to you.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: it
0: is Zingasachir on one dilemma, Zibugo, taking care of business, discussing retrenchment, or should I say, what to do after being retrenched.
1: Counting the rents because it makes sense. Taking care of business on Raza
0: Zinga Sachiro and Wandi Mazibugo with you, taking care of business on Rise FM, as we discuss uh, retrenchment packages and what to do after receiving a retrenchment package, particularly at this current economic climate. Now, Wandi, you obviously said that it is possible for us to claim from EUIF. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for most of us, uh, we do have either a provident fund or a retirement fund. Um, how can you then? Uh, should I say keep that intact for when you absolutely absolutely need it or not or when you reach retirement, maybe utole a, a plan Is it possible to mm-hmm. hold off on cashing out your retirement or your provident fund
1: yeah definitely um obviously you know your retirement funds thing is a, um you know a part of uh, what would call regulation twenty eight um so really, when you leave a company um or when you do get retrenched you've got two options: either you can withdraw. Uh, that amount of money um, And sometimes that seems like It's a popular thing among South Africans mm. To withdraw money from their Provident Fund Or their pension fund um, The sad thing about that is that usually when they do Get that money, unfortunately some Do tend to misuse that money and before You know it, the money has gone Mm. Um, the other alternative Which is the one That is more favoured By your financial advisors And again I would say that You find yourself In a situation like that You would need to consult And you need to you need to Look at your own Personal circumstances In order to make A determination But you can then um, If the company Had their own Pension fund yeah. You can transfer That money to What we would call For instance A preservation fund mm. Okay um, And that preservation fund Then they're able To keep it for you So that From stopping you From From um, from withdrawing it. And then the day that maybe you find a job, then whatever job that you find, if they also have a pension fund, then you can transfer that money from that preservation fund then into that pension fund of that particular company. But Zinisa, I think also quite important, I need to point this out. What you find is that with your benefits as well, there is a risk element. And when I speak about risk, I'm speaking mm. about life cover for instance, and maybe a funeral cover Mm. uh, within, um, for instance, some of your benefits that you would have had at work. Now, most people, obviously, you know, you'd find yourself that you've been contributing to this particular group life cover at work. And now that you are retrenched, um, obviously you don't have any money to be able to contribute, um, especially through the company because they were doing the deduction for you. Um, Some of these group life covers do allow you to get what they would call a continuation. And um, you know from that service provider, so that you yourself become responsible then for your payments, whether towards your funeral plan uh, or towards your group life. Remember, some people could have been working for five years, ten mm-hmm. years, contributing to this group life or, or or life cover, and or funeral cover. So you've got that option. You need to ask, um, especially if you uh, with the, with your company, to find out if you can continue on your own to be able to service that. Especially if you feel that it's extremely important for you to be able to cover yourself and your loved ones as well. So. I just just to mention that from a risk element but in terms of the pension fund and the provident fund you do have an option if if you'd opt not to withdraw to transfer it then to a preservation fund a sort of holding fund um, before you actually then um, invest it maybe into your next employer's fund yeah. you, you also do have an option as well to be able then to Take that money and obviously put it into a normal um, you know, retirement fund that, that you would have and possibly uh, look at options on how you would be able to do that, especially when it comes to a pension fund. You put it in a retirement fund maybe with some kind of annuity that it would give you um, should it happen that you reach your retirement age. So the options are there to be able to then decide what you need to do should you opt. Not to withdraw that money.
0: So, in my preservation fund, or the choice of putting it in a different sort of uh, retirement vehicle, that's my tax implications. I
1: think, you know, tax implications in terms of transferring, no tax implications there. Mm. Um, If you're transferring it from one fund, one regulated fund to another regulated fund, there aren't any tax implications that would come in. Where tax implications would come in, it says, if now you withdraw. You know, because now you're getting, <laughs> you're getting the benefit of that particular money, and um, and usually, you know, with regards to a severance payment, um, you know, together with 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 maybe the proceeds, let's say from your company's pension fund or provident fund, what what happens is that it gets taxed then according to the retirement tax tables, um, and at the moment, um, you know, the first five hundred thousand is usually tax free, and um, provided that, for instance, um, you know, the reason for your for for you actually um, getting that. That amount of money is due to obviously a formal retrenchment. Um, and then obviously at the time of retrenchments, you don't own at least 5%. Excuse me Of uh, of the capital Within the company itself yeah. So then you do get That tax exemption Of 500,000 Anything above 500,000 um, Obviously then Does tend to, to Obviously hit your pocket So the first 500,000 Is, is tax free And then the next 500,000 I think it starts from 18,000 Depending mm-hmm. on the amounts So it's an entire Tax table that is there um, And then it goes up I think to about Maybe 27% in, in, the, in the next bracket Um, You know After you've left that But it, it is a tax calculation That the tax does, especially when you do withdraw. And, and very important for people to also note um, is that, you know, some people you find, with, every time they move within a company, I they remember. withdraw. Oh, yeah, by, by oh, withdrawal by mm. yeah by withdrawal mm. remember that fifth, first 500,000 also takes into account even okay. when you withdrew oh, okay. so it's not good to they give you that that 500,000 uh, for instance as in it's, uh, uh, every time now you're in a new company <laughs> and then you think you start to, they count the fact that you withdrew once upon a time yeah, 150,000 so those are the kind of things that you need to consider and obviously once that money you once you withdraw it if you have it, they say taxi will go because, um, usually with most of these funds, they need to also get what they call a tax directive, um, from the South African Revenue Service to say, As checkers, the no mundula, aga tax, and even owe tax, sometimes what does happen is that obviously, SARS, before they give you that money, takes the money, before back mm. to get the money, just because my cash
0: out so. Mm. You know i mm, mm. so invest abroad. Um, mm. Is this a viable option? Is this wise? Mm, mm. It, mm. I
1: think you know, Zingisa, To be quite honest, and to be honest to the listeners as well, any kind of financial decision that you make, you need to consult somebody that's an expert on it, and um, because it sounds nice when you say to people, invested abroad, <laughs> yeah, invested abroad, but. Also, you must understand that when you say invested abroad, you're investing it in funds. Mm. Um, you're investing it in indexes for it, for that matter. Now, you need somebody that's going to actively, that's educated enough to be actively looking at your particular investments as well. So, I would suggest that if you're looking at those kind of options, it becomes extremely important. Good thing. Consult somebody who's a financial advisor who's an expert on that because the fact that a person is a financial advisor as things that does not necessarily mean that they're good with finance, with investments as well. Okay. So again, you need to get somebody who's an expert when it comes to uh, funds, and preferably somebody who has got the requisite experience. And that person, Loarombon, and I need to emphasize this every single time you see a financial advisor the first thing that they need to do is give you a, a, a set of their qualifications yeah. and a set of their experience where they've worked, how they've worked, who they've worked with and they need to put it in front of you for you to study and peruse before they give you any kind of financial advice.
0: And wosala, osho, go to talk to two or three people who are yeah. a more rounded
1: hundred percent
0: um 100%, 100%. Sort of 100%. perspective instead of maybe someone at some time. Not always, but I mean it does happen.
1: It, and it's so true. And it's so true. So I think it's a very important point that you raise because what you do find is that some financial Advisors are linked to product product houses, for instance, mm. and that person then might give you a dis, uh, might give you advice because they know that they're gonna actually. You know earning income from that particular uh, product house as well so you as an individual also it becomes important that you consult widely and the person needs to also inform you um, in terms of how much money they want to make if uh, for instance you take a particular product from a particular product house ask those difficult questions ask the person how much commission are you earning from this that and, and in fact um, if, the, if if they don't tell you themselves You need to ask that question mm. But they are supposed to actually Inform you beforehand And disclose That I've got a contract With this particular product house With this particular company And I'm getting this amount of commission If you invest here So that you can see That the person Then So Financial advisor He'll be honest with you When they're giving you This kind of advice as well It's 10 to 7 On taking care of Business
0: sunrise as we discuss what to do after receiving your retrenchment package, and for those of you who have questions for us, you can send them to us via our whatsapp line, which is zero seven two eight eight five seven seven zero two that's zero seven two eight eight five seven seven zero two now wandile We've been talking about this for a long time. Uh, For those people, Lebanese side hustle Mm. or an alternative stream of income, Mm. the primary job, would it then be wise to plow the retrenchment package or the severance package Mm. into now what is this... um, Alternative stream of income, mm. maybe meaning it's saying, mm. and then start focusing on that. Yeah. And also, just uh, secondary to that, should I just use the severance package money provident You invest business. Yeah,
1: I mean, a, a side hustle uh, is characterized by a, a passion mm. because it's what you're passionate about um and if you're driven by passion then i think you you're obviously on the on 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 the right road in terms of being able to to be successful i think it becomes important that in any other in any business um that you are able to be disciplined And you are able to lead yourself as well as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, And and obviously be practical. And when I talk about leadership, I'm saying practical about the circumstances that you find yourself in. Because this is a passion that you're looking at as a side hustle, you need to be realistic whether this... Is something that can possibly give you returns in the future. So, if it can give you returns in the future, you need to then understand what is the investment that you're putting in now mm. in order for it to you can get the lama benefits because you know it's very nice. And while you've you know you've got this money now, you're like, ah, I'm just gonna put money into it and 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 make sure that it works. No, um, you need to be very disciplined running a business. Uh, especially if you come from employment, it's different. Yeah. You know, um, you know I, I, I unfortunately made the, a transition like that as well. And what I found is that it's very difficult for you to downscale. Because when you're running a business now, it's your own money. Hey? Mm. You become responsible as in yourself for your own paycheck. Um, whereas you don't have to wait at the end of the month and that paycheck is guaranteed in your own business. It's, it's reliant on you actually working hard. So that's why I mentioned the issue of leadership. That's why I mentioned the issue of uh, discipline as well, that you need to be disciplined with those things and also very realistic in terms of if I'm putting in a hundred rand now, will it yield 150 in six months time? And how do I get to that 150 in six months time? Because everybody thinks if you put money in a business, the business will automatically do well. And sometimes it's not the case. So I would say that if you're looking at those kind of decisions, uh, things, uh, it becomes important then that you become practical.
0: Um, uh, because we are talking about uh, finances and retirement and mm. retrenchment, I think it's deviated a little bit. We just received a question here. Mm. Uh, I think this gentleman, if I'm not mistaken, asked, if I resigned at a company in mm. May, can I go claim from the UIF? So yeah. this particular person resigned and was not retrenched. So yeah. can they still claim from the UIF?
1: Yeah, resignations become extremely difficult um, in in a sense that you you voluntarily, uh, for instance, left the company. So you're not um, necessarily um, retrenched at the time. Um, What I do know, for instance, is that if you've you've voluntarily resigned, it becomes difficult for you then to be able to claim um, an unemployment uh, from the unemployment insurance fund. You must have been retrenched um um and obviously if you're fired as well uh, it becomes sometimes a bit difficult for you to think. so it, it you have to have gone through a retrenchment process in order for you to claim that particular UIF
0: it is ngisachiro and wandile matsubo taking care of business on rise fm we have another question for you wandile uh, obviously revolving around the current topic so maybe let's just take a quick listen okay hi um guys I just want to find out great topic, by the way. I just want to find out and as you've touched on it, but the mutual separation, how does it differ go retirement? Um, do you get severance pay Or like, because in, in in most companies, Lankeng Sebenza now, they do mutual separation. But I didn't want to go but, but he, that is how it's done in mutual separation. What is this mutual separation? Is it even um, legal?
1: Yeah, a very interesting question in terms of that as well. But I, I mean, I would imagine that um, the listeners in this is referring to um, you know sort of like a voluntary kind of uh, retrenchment mm. in terms of in, in terms of that as well. Um, and 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 in, in a case like that, I mean, it's still a retrenchment process because the company is basically saying to you guys they are unable to be able to to, to carry on um, in, as 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 a company. So what a mutual separation, for instance, is is just basically. A written contract um, that sets out the terms of an employee's separation of employment. Um, so a separation agreement will, will basically include uh, a release um, of claims against the company by, the, the, by that particular employee. Um, so it, it's an agreement between the two of them to say, I <laughs> think, um, so, so that particular, you know, uh, uh, mutual separation is different from your normal retrenchment uh, uh, process. Um, in a sense that you've agreed to say, um, we feel that uh, you know we can't carry on. So that particular one uh, is, is is governed by the Labour Relations Act, um, and 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 basically it, it's it's often a very cost-effective way, um, and it's usually used when an employee may be facing a disciplinary yeah. hearing. Um, for that matter, and then they say, you know what, instead of us spending a lot of money going through that particular discipli- disciplinary hearing, let's maybe have a, a mutual separation agreement, which is then to say that you set up the terms and conditions, could say, and mm. um, should anything happen, um, and and and, and obviously, both parties in most circumstances are usually happy with their mutual separation. So, again, I want to emphasize that it's different from a retrenchment process in, 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 in that matter. So, oh, you guys it- have decided. Mm. we going our separate
0: ways. But in terms of that, um, it's not like for you can't sign a mutual separation no. under duress, right? No. It still has to be some sort of an agreement.
1: Yeah. conditions. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah and I think what sis is asking is very very important because sometimes what happens is that um, people become confused with these things and sometimes HR or the HR of the company I'm not saying all of them they don't explain these things properly to people um, and and unfortunately then they find themselves in in in, in a worse situation mm. Mm. It, so in any kind of agreement that the employee the employer gives you I think it becomes important that maybe you get somebody who is a legal expert to be able to have a look at those particular mutual separation agreements because, because for me I suspect that a lot of people when they do sign them they don't understand exactly what they're signing especially because of that legal jargon that comes with it as well of course, oh. then you can call the union rep. Then in 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 that particular case, you know, especially if the person is somebody who's engaged. Lokono wataksita ngando. I think a very very important question that she's asking. But a mutual separation, both parties agree kuingozi asa kona kusebenzisana. Sesha puma yalo, yapuma minenyale, entengenzi zingikichimisa, ngi sexu siya, ngi avu magoti sifunga nekam nants. And especially in Tanzania in a relationship that working relationship
0: mm. Definitely, I mean
1: any contract that you would sign uh, under duress, um, then you've got grounds um, to be able to dispute that particular contract, especially if you've got a very good legal advisor to be able to take you through those contracts as well
0: Um, just the last one. Can can I say no to mutual separation? Do I, as the employee, have the right to say no to mutual separation?
1: Definitely, Cissy. You definitely have the right to be able to say no to mutual separation. Remember, this is a voluntary process that you're taking. So you can say no. What do you mean? I, I don't agree with these terms. I don't agree with this. And look at other evidence to be able to chase that as well. You are not obliged. To sign a mutual uh, separation agreement. It is your choice and the, and the employee, and employer's choice as well to be able to, to do those things. You, it's a meeting of minds. Mm-hmm. Friend Vumilan and Uma Vumi, then it can never be a mutual separation agreement.
0: Um, are there any other benefits? Because sometimes mm, So are there any benefits or assistance available to those who have been retrenched uh, that they need to be aware of? Maybe something mm. that we haven't mentioned.
1: Mm, mm. I think in, in the strictest sense of, of the word, I mean, if we look at it now in, in terms of where the economy is now, um, you know, either than some of the relief packages that they've taken out as a result of COVID, usually um, your biggest step Relief would come from the UIF, yeah. um, especially if you are contributing um, to be able towards um, towards that. And what I would say is, if you find yourself in a situation where you've been retrenched, uh, again, there I would say about retrenched, the And I think it's important that you inform uh, whoever you owe um discuss some kind of terms because uh, ultimately boy hola before so i think that's also becomes extremely important so i think that private calls ma phone. i think go to the bank maba owa go to whoever you owe and say to them listen i've lost my job and um, can we have another agreement that we can look at uh, in terms of me repaying you because ansana yole my love nge before u
0: check in ma contract kambe yini lawyer insurance
1: <laughs> the credit life, and check yeah. credit life as well. Cred- check your credit life as well, um, especially in these times of the pandemic. Um, check if you are covered for our contracts now. In a case where we bring a pandemic, because you might find I you are